0: This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide episode 387. Hello and welcome to the show. Thank you for listening. Really glad you can join me again and welcome too to our first time listeners. We hope you all become regular listeners. My name is Stephen Fennec and I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Mobile World Congress has been cancelled over fears of the coronavirus and how DJI is also using its drones to fight the deadly virus in China. And Vodafone and TPG have finally got the green light to merge. And what will this mean, though, for customers and the mobile industry? And we've just returned from the Samsung event in San Francisco, and we'll give you our hands on reviews of the new Galaxy S20 smartphones and the Galaxy Z Flip foldable phone. We'll also check out a new device, the Zolio, that can keep you connected anywhere with or without the cellular network and we'll answer all of your tech questions in the tech guide help desk and it's all brought to you by netgear the company that keeps you connected and norton the company that keeps you protected You know, in last week's show, we were talking about the companies that were pulling out of Mobile World Congress. Uh, well, fast forward uh, less than a week later, and we were given the news that Mobile World Congress has actually been cancelled altogether. The, the growing number of companies, the vendors and uh, other companies like tele, telecommunications companies, even retailers who were not, not uh, making their way, not traveling to Barcelona for the event. They were just adding up and adding up. And so what the GSMA has done there, that's the group that runs Mobile World Congress. They've taken the unprecedented and really dramatic, made a dramatic move here and just canceled the whole show. And it's of course over fears of the coronavirus and uh, people weren't willing to travel to Barcelona, there would have been a lot of companies traveling from China uh, and from Asia in general. So uh, it was, uh, I think GSMA thought, well, we, we've got no choice here but to but to cancel the show. And, and this is the first time, I think, in the 34-year history of the show that it a- is actually being canceled. So it's, uh, it's a, 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 a bold move and one I think that... They made they didn't make this lightly before the announcement to cancel they were assuring attendees which would have included myself I was due to fly out this week I'm obviously not now uh, but they did they did uh, were reassuring people that they would have uh, uh, extra, extra hygiene stations and encouraging people not to shake hands and things like that. There were moves before the cancellation. Companies were cancelling their press conferences. They weren't. Uh, they, they didn't want to gather up thousands of people in the same room uh, for fear that they that even if one person had the virus and it could spread it. Anyway, uh, out of my hands, I'm now not attending the show. I was going to be a guest of Oppo, the Chinese company. And as a result of the show's cancellation, Oppo got in touch and said, well, without a show, we are not going to launch our product. We are going to postpone the launch because you've got to remember, this is the platform where a lot of the companies, a global platform where the companies launch their products in front of the world's press. Oppo being one of them and there's a lot of activity pre-show. So in the days leading up to the show, it wasn't due to start till Feb 24, but I would have been on the ground February 21. So those three days before the show proper would have been these press conferences, launch events, all this pre-show activity uh, which now uh, I think, I think every, every company that are, that uh, had planned pre-show activity has pulled out and canceled their events. OpPO said we're going to have uh, a launch event in March. They don't know exactly when and they don't even know exactly where. So we're going to have to wait for that. Uh, the the other company who was uh, who had asked me if I wanted to go along, they were keen to get me to their launch. Was Huawei? Um, ironically, they are still, even though they're one of the bigger Chinese companies, they are still trying to have a European launch of some shape. That uh, they're launching the P40 Pro, uh, a device that will like the Mate 30 Pro, won't run have won't have the Google Play Store. It'll be like a An Androidless device that it it really takes a lot of uh, expertise to install the Google Play Store and get it running like a normal Android phone. So they're still at at the point of recording. I'm I'm recording on a Monday, and they at this till this point, they haven't, they have not um, made, they haven't cancelled any any event. They haven't uh, said that they're not having a launch. So we're waiting to see. They, they said they were going to try to have some launch in, in a, a location in Europe, I think was the, was, the, was the wording. But what impact is this going to have on the mobile industry? And, and the impact is going to be felt around the world because you have to remember that the show is a, a place where not only are new phones announced and unveiled to the press and shown off like that, but this also a place where telecommunications companies carriers retailers buyers people come to the show to touch and feel the products so that they know that they know exactly what to expect they can make their deals at the show that's often where the deals are made so the 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 place where it normally happens not being on now these meetings now have to take place either via video link or in some other capacity, whether people have to travel to other parts of the world now to have these meetings. The effect of this is really going to, to, to show, uh, and, and the result will be the most visible, the visible, uh, the evidence of this will be that that phones are going to be delayed. The launches of these devices, normally planned for the months following Mobile World Congress, Will now potentially be late towards the first half of the year, and potentially even in the early of, in the second half of the year, and and that's just in that's just on the sort of the top level delays here. You have to also remember that there is also a supply chain issue here. You got to remember also that many of the world's biggest factories that manufacture these smartphones are located in China. So that has been severely affected with workers being quarantined and travel being held to a minimum. So not only the factories themselves, uh, their the rate of production has been severely affected, but also getting the supplies, components to those factories to begin production have also been hit. Weeks ago, we talked about Apple being affected by this, well, that's now more widespread. Apple has quite a large footprint in China, but uh, we we did speak to Sam Skontos, who's uh, the head of Alcatel and TCL here in Australia, and he was telling us that uh, the impact is going to be felt uh, around the world, retailers, carriers, uh, so they're not going to be able to have that hands-on look at these new devices. And uh, when when I asked him about his own company, and this, this he's quoted in my story on Tech Guide, he said that luckily TCL and Alcatel, which is uh, part of TCL Communications, uh, they're actually pretty, they're, they're not very affected by this because they planned a lot of their components and ship, shipments before the Chinese New Year. So they, they planned ahead of that. Plus TCL actually, nearly produce the whole device in-house anyway so there's no waiting for components especially important components like displays which they actually create themselves anyway so it's um it's really interesting time how this is going to pan out and whether that new smartphone you were hoping to get within the next few months how soon before we actually see it on the market whether this is going to have a real impact on the the launch windows Samsung, luckily, and we're going to talk about their launch event in the second half of the show. They luckily held their event before before Mobile World Congress, as they did last year. They had an event before Mobile World Congress um, a year ago. So I actually traveled from the the San Francisco Samsung event to uh, to Barcelona directly. Uh, luckily this year they were spaced apart a little bit so we had a bit of time but I did find out while I was in San Francisco that Mobile World Congress uh, is, has been called off anyway so I, uh, as I said I was due to fly out later this week but uh, that is not to be so uh, we'll wait and see how this affects the, uh, the whole industry it is, it is going to have some solid effects so we'll have to wait and see if you want to read more about that story you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, while we're talking about the coronavirus, and I, 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 I promise this is a tech angle, I don't want this to turn into a medical podcast by any means. But I am talking still about the coronavirus. But really interesting story came across our desk. We've published this story on Tech Guide. Uh, a story. The story is about DJI, and that that's the the China based drone manufacturer what biggest drone manufacturer in the world. Their their drones are the best in the market. Uh they I call them like the Apple of the drone world. Their their products are really cool, really easy to fly. Uh, really, really nice range they've got as well from entry level all the way through to pro level and even use their drones in various industries, including, you know, agriculture, telecommunications, obviously photography, but they they've really evolved the product into this amazing thing. And the latest news we're hearing is that they are actually using their drones to fight the deadly coronavirus in China. So the, the ori- originally, the, the virus, of course, started in the Chinese city of Wuhan, and it's spread frighteningly. There's, more, there's been more than a 1,000 deaths. Um, more than 45,000 people have been affected, uh, in- Infected. And what DJI has done is come up with some solutions to help combat the disease using their drones. And they've done this in a few ways, the the ways we're going to outline. Uh, One, they've they've adapted their uh, agricultural drone, their Agri-series of agricultural spraying drones. So what they're doing with them, they're spraying a chlorine or ethyl alcohol-based disinfectant from the drone. So what they're doing is they're spraying more than 3 million square kilometers in Shenzhen alone and thousands of other counties across China. Areas that they're spraying include places like factories, residential areas, and hospitals. They've covered more than 600 million square meters and doing it 50 times faster than they could using the traditional methods. And and the whole time they're doing this, Because it's done by drone, which is like doing it remotely, they're not putting a single person in danger or exposing them to potential infection. Uh, so really amazing stuff there. But the other things they're doing as well, they're using drones to also disperse public gatherings. If they're noticing a lot of crowds of people, which is not not really good, that that could potentially spread the virus. They're moving in and dispersing gatherings. So there's all there's speakers that are located on the bottom of the drones. They're even flying banners. Uh, on the drones as well to advise people on the precautions they need to take to stay safe. Um, they're also attaching thermal cameras to the drones which are then used to monitor the body temperature of medical staff and identify if there are any new cases of the disease. But my favorite my favorite method here this use of the drones is to make deliveries. So now with the drone, DJI has made it possible for people to stay in their home so they're self-quarantining themselves, but they're still able to receive supplies and even medicine uh, without making face-to-face contact with a single person. Uh, So remarkable how the drone is helping fight the disease in China. I think hats off to DJI. They're really, uh, you know, it's their, it's their home country. So I love how they've stepped up here uh, and trying to battle this virus. And they're saying they've only just begun. They're coming up with even more ways to protect and empower the emergency responders so they can finally bring this deadly virus under control. But good on DJI. It's their home country. Uh, and they're working really hard to help put a stop to this. Hopefully they'll help uh, the emergency responders and medical staff find a solution will, or to contain the disease, I should say. So um, I'm, I'm really, really pleased, DJI. I'm a fan. I, I love the DJI drones. I, I fly uh, my favourite and what I, what I currently have now is the Inspire 2 which is uh, one of the higher-end drones. I'm a a professional drone pilot. I've got my license, so uh, I fly it a fair bit, do some photography and filming and things like that. But uh, DJI really flying the flag there in their home country. Good on them for doing that. If you want to read that complete story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. Okay, moving on to a non-coronavirus related story, and what we're talking about now is the new the Vodafone and TPG merger. Finally, the merger has been given the green light in the federal court, so this fifteen billion dollar merger can go ahead. Uh, the company can move forward. Uh, with their five G rollout, with their broadband uh, expansion, so they are going to be, I think, quite a formidable opponent when it uh, when the this entity is finally formed. I think they're going to operate under the name TPG, by the way. So uh, it's not just it's not going to be called Vodafone anymore. I'm pretty sure that uh, the this combined merged entity is going to go by the name of TPG. And you've got to remember what each is bringing to the table. Uh, Vodafone obviously has their cellular network, uh, and TPG is bringing their broadband connection, their broadband network, which is second only to Telstra. They've got the second most number of customers on broadband in Australia after Telstra, so that's that's quite a uh, an achievement there. And you can just imagine when these two companies they they combine they combine forces there, they join forces. What we can expect now as a customer. I think it's going to be really, uh, they're going to really up the competition here. I think the winner is going to be the customer. Telstra and Optus, they're they're the two biggest telcos in Australia, but this unified body, Vodafone and TPG, are really going to give them a run for their money. Now, the federal court action most recently was instigated by the ACCC, and they have 28 days to lodge an appeal. And, you know, they're using taxpayer money for this, so they're going to really think long and hard about it. The reason they they appealed in the first place, so this most recent court action, was because I think they were under the impression, and TPG in 2017 came out and announced that they were actually building their own network. Uh, Now, whether that was uh, a, a, they actually intended to do that at the time, or were looking for partners at the time. This was the fear that there would be a fourth network. So uh, it would reduce competition in Australia rather than increasing it. So ACCC launched into action here. When the merger was announced, when Vodafone said, listen, we're going to merge with TPG, and and the, the thought was they're going to help them with their own network or just absorb them into their own. Uh, if, if you ask Boost Mobile founder Peter Adderton, he, he was quite outspoken uh, about the whole TPG's intentions here, he's claiming that TPG never intended to build a fourth network and he in fact dubbed the TPG CEO David Teo as, and I'm quoting, the ultimate telco poker player. Uh, so he was saying that they, they were, the ACCC was fighting to keep a fourth network that was never actually, that never actually existed. Uh, his quote is, and I'm quoting David, uh, sorry, Peter Adderton from Boost Mobile. His quote is, David Teo is the ultimate telco poker player who played the game and some key industry players masterfully and got done what he needed to do. I can see him wanting to have more control of this combined business, and I don't see Vodafone having any appetite to oppose this either. So well played TPG, whether they intended to or not, they're in a pretty position now, a position of strength now, uh, with Vodafone. So the ACCC, the federal court ruled against them, I think this is going to create more competition, not less. So we want uh, to to for customers to get the best deals. We want the companies to work for our business. I think that's what's going to happen here. now the other the other result of this merger is that now the shackles are off for Vodafone. So they had one foot in court trying to work out this merger deal and the other foot, they sort of fledgling. They had a fledgling start to their 5G network, which they announced a couple of months ago. They've partnered with Nokia to roll out the 5G network. And I'm hearing that in the next week, in the next few weeks, they're going to make a significant announcement about their 5G rollout. But now with this merger now in the bank, let's say, their 5G rollout is going to really accelerate. And that's good for everyone. Vodafone customers uh, will be have access to 5G, I think, sooner than, than we expected now that this, this merger is through the court. That is, of course, if the ACCC decide not to appeal. Uh, I doubt whether they will. I think this will go through. So uh, it, it's really interesting to see how this is going to pan out. But I think the bottom line is customers are going to get a better deal here. There's going to be better choices we can make. Vodafone now with, the, with TPG uh, by their side, are going to be this larger, more powerful entity that will attract customers not only to the cell, their cellular networks, but also to the NBN and broadband networks. So imagine if you're a Vodafone customer or Vodafone slash TPG customer now, you'll be able to possibly have a plan that looks after your mobile and your home broadband. So this ultimate bundling that they may offer, uh, Telstra and Optus, they don't kind of mix that. They, they don't offer. I think they offer slight discounts if you do bundle your broadband into your deals. So I think now Vodafone can really be a, a a valid player now for for to offer a broadband bundle into their mobile deals as well. So if they can keep you in the in the family, you can get a better deal. I'm looking forward to what we can see coming out of this. I foresee some pretty solid competition and hopefully, ultimately, the customer is the winner. You want to read more about that story? You can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by our good friends at Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Now, we upgrade our smartphones and our TVs and our laptops, but we can also update our home Wi-Fi, and we can do that thanks to Wi-Fi 6. Now, we all watch our shows on streaming services, so imagine now having the newest line of high-performance router that can give that streaming experience the VIP treatment. The Netgear Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 routers give you ultra-fast speeds and wider coverage throughout your home. You get four times the capacity compared to today's Routers, So it's the biggest revolution in Wi-Fi ever, and you could be one of the first to have the next generation of Wi-Fi 6 technology with a Netgear Nighthawk router. Turn your Wi-Fi up to 6 with a Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router. Go check it out today at netgear.com slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash fi and the number 6. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. It's a hands-on review we're talking about. And as I said at the top of the show, we only just returned from San Francisco where we saw... The Galaxy S20 being uh, announced, uh, also got our hands-on it, and the Galaxy Z Flip. In this segment of the show, we're going to talk about the Galaxy S20. In the next one, we're going to give our hands-on impressions of the Galaxy Z Flip foldable phone. But first, let's talk about the new Galaxy S20. Now, these are without a doubt the most advanced devices that Samsung have come up with. These are their flagship devices, okay? This is the s Series the Galaxy S. Normally, uh, the S10 was last year, so they've skipped 11 all the way through to 19 and given us the S20. Uh, so that's a significant jump in the numbers, but also a significant jump in the features as well. What they've done, they've very cleverly upgraded uh, the key features that customers look for in a device. Number one, the screen. And they've, they've added, there's three sizes, 6.2, 6.7, 6.9 inches. So there's the S20, the S20 Plus, the S20 Ultra. Uh, they're going to go on sale in Australia on March the 6th. Prices is starting from $1,349, uh, which is coincidentally the same starting price as last year's Galaxy S10. Now, design-wise, there's been a little bit of a tweak. There's the camera, the Infinity-O display, has the, the hole punch in the center of the screen. is a lot smaller than last year's. The, the screens themselves, though, are 120 hertz. So what that means is they have a similar refresh rate to your television so that the picture is really smooth. We do consume a lot of video content on the go. So imagine a TV-like experience in the palm of your hand. That's what you do if you select to, for the screen to have the 120 hertz refresh rate. You can actually switch that off and keep it at the regular 60 hertz, so it's 20, 120 hertz, uh, and it's also HDR10 plus certified, so you're getting a pretty premium video experience on the go. Uh, the other design changes, I think the, the bezels, the edge-to-edge look of the screen uh, is even greater, but without the uh, m- the curved screen, remember how last year's model had a pretty severe curve, the edge sort of uh, merged with the back of the device, this is slightly flatter, but it still gives that edge-to-edge appearance, but the biggest change of course is on the back, and this is where the camera housing is located, so gone is the row of cameras across like horizontally on the back of the on the back of the phone and in its place is this rectangular housing which is actually looks a lot like the the iPhone 11 and i think that's another reason why uh, by Samsung didn't want to call this the S11 because it would have sounded a lot like the iPhone which was released almost 6 months ago they didn't want to be seen to be playing catch up on on the number i think they didn't want to be seen to be uh, being coming second to Apple, so hence the reason why I think they've jumped all the way up to twenty for their naming convention. There, uh, the camera though has is pro level now. The the, the resolution on the S twenty Ultra, uh, all got, they've all got triple camera systems. But what the S twenty Plus and the S twenty Ultra add are depth vision lenses, so they're time of flight lenses that help you get sharper portrait images and things like that. But all the way up to the S twenty Ultra, what you've got at your disposal is a one hundred and eight megapixel wide-angle camera, forty-eight megapixel telephoto camera, and a twelve megapixel ultra-wide camera. So you, the the photographs that you can take on this and video, they shoot eight K video, by the way. So they can shoot that kind of resolution is remarkable, and uh, the the other feature that the the, the S twenty Ultra has one hundred times zoom. So that's a combination of optical zoom and hybrid zoom using AI. The whole bit, it's it's a feature called space zoom. So three times optical, 30 times super resolution. And then the S20 Ultra goes all the way up to 100 using super resolution zoom. uh, And it employs this new sort of periscope lens technology to get you that optical zoom, 10 times optical zoom. So for me, the S20 Ultra is what I'm after. Big screen, amazing camera features, 8K video, 5,000 milliamp hour battery, again, tick in the box for one of those features, the features that they've, they've identified, I think, screen, battery, camera, and of course, they're all 5G compatible, so really got an eye for the future here. The S20 and S20 Plus are available in 4G and 5G variants, the S20 Ultra only 5G, while we're on the camera, though, I do want to mention one amazing new feature. It's really clever. It's called, there's this new mode on the camera it's called single take. Now, have have you ever been in a situation where you're thinking, I want to, like, a great example is when someone's at a birthday party, they're blowing out the candles. Now, what do you do in this situation? Do you shoot a video? Do you take a photo? Try to time it? What do you do? Well, with single take, Samsung has sort of taken this decision off your hands. With single take, it allows you to do it all. You can capture a 10-second video, then it shoots photos from all the lenses, creates these fun little clips, cropped ultra-wide shots, gives you boomerangs and mono clips and mono shots. So you've got like 10 different... Versions of what you just took a photo of, videos, pictures, and then you could just choose which ones you want to keep, which ones you want to use, which ones you want to share. It is a really smart new mode on your camera i think one that samsung uses galaxy s20 users users will love really clever now the device itself i mentioned the battery the battery levels the capacity is 4000 milliamp hour on the s20 4500 on the s20 plus and 5000 on the s20 ultra that's like days of battery use here the s10 battery life was phenomenal lasted a day and a half up to two days I think with a 5,000 milliamp hour battery on the S20, despite it having this really big screen, 6.9 inch screen, I think it's going to be uh, it's going to be like two day battery life for sure. I'm looking forward to getting my review unit and uh, and running it through its paces uh, on the 5G connectivity. I think that's another tick in the box for these devices for customers who are thinking of it's kind of future proofing the purchase. Where if they they, they buy a 4G phone, the 4G is not going anywhere. And you know, not, won't for years to come. But with five G, at least when you're in a five G area, and that that footprint's going to grow significantly this year, uh, at least in those situations, you'll be able to access stuff really quickly, stream content quickly, and as I said, you can shoot eight K video. So on a five G network, which is like much faster than four G, you can stream, you can upload and download eight K video pretty easily on these faster 5G networks. So improve communication, improve mobile gaming as well. That's really going to uh, be a game changer there as well. Uh, the Galaxy S20, S20 uh, Plus and S20 Ultra. Uh, the S- If you order the S20 Plus and the S20 Plus 5G and the S20 Ultra, You do receive a free pair of the new Samsung Galaxy Buds Plus, which are the new versions of their Buds earphones. They've added a few features, increased the battery level, better microphones. So if you're pre-ordering through any of the telcos, you can get that by redemption. Uh, from March three through to April seven, pricing as I said starts thirteen forty nine, all the way up to the top twenty two forty nine. That's still cheaper than the top of the line iPhone, by the way. So Samsung, I think, are in the ballpark here. So uh, I think there's a phone to suit everyone. The S twenty Ultra is also maximum uh, up to sixteen gig of RAM and five twelve gig of storage. So just on the performance side. It's got nanometer processors, but also this amazing amount of RAM. That's the laptop-level RAM that you can get as well. Uh, I was a guest of Samsung, too, I should disclose, uh, for, to cover the event over there. They, uh, I traveled over there as their guest, and all of my stories, you can see that I've stated that. just uh, So it's pretty transparent. Who took me there? I can't fly there by myself, so they, they uh, g- invited me as a guest to the events. So uh, the S20... Expect to see that in stores on March 6th. And if you want to see our hands-on story, our report, and even our video, you can check all of that out at techguide.com.au. Now, Samsung didn't just launch the Galaxy S20 at uh, their Unpacked event in San Francisco. In fact, they kicked off the event, which was held at the Palace of Fine Arts in San Francisco. Quite a, quite a grand venue, I've got to say. The first thing they launched, they re- they kicked off this event at high speed with the new Galaxy Z Flip. This is a new foldable smartphone similar to the Motorola RAZR which goes on sale on Feb 24, that's next week. Uh, And this is a device that offers a foldable screen. So remember a year ago they announced the Galaxy Fold which was a phone that opens up to a tablet-sized device. So it's kind of a two-in-one. This takes a different approach. This is a 6.7-inch display, a device that folds in half so that it's a smaller device when you're not using it. Uh, So really easy to fit it in your pocket. I think it's kind of aimed at your more style-conscious customer, someone who is more about fashion and trends and the look of a product rather than the raw specs. So spec-wise, in terms of cameras, speed of performance, performance. It is not a, not far behind the S twenty, but it's not at the S twenty level. The S twenty is the flagship, so that's the the latest and greatest. This sort of comes in uh, slightly slightly behind that, yet still pretty powerful and holds its own in the market. Um, and this was probably, I think, the worst kept secret. Uh, the before the event, I wrote a story a week before, and you heard it on the show. All of my what-we-can-expect-to-see predictions were absolutely spot-on. There were so many leaks before this event, including for the Galaxy Z Flip. In fact, the day before the event in San Francisco, uh, the Oscars were held. Actually, now a couple of days before, the Oscars were on. So on Sunday, the 9th of February, so the, the day that I arrived, in the evening, the Oscars were held, and during the Oscars, they actually played an ad for the Galaxy Z Flip, before it was even announced, so they did kind of let the cat out of the bag themselves. But there was a flood of leaks and other other little pictures appearing online and videos and things like that. So uh, it was it was no surprise. But you know what? It was amazing to get it in my hand. I did have some hands on time, and there is a video of that on Tech Guide as well. Uh, it is a really impressive little device, six point seven inch screen, and when you open it you can actually uh, position the hinge at different angles. So you can actually open it up like as an L shape, like a laptop, and sit that on your desk. So if you uh, maybe want to take a selfie, it becomes its own stand. So you can do that, shoot video, FaceTime video calling, uh, Skype calling, whatever, you, it's not FaceTime, that's, not, that's iPhone and iPad, but uh, the, you can do your video calling in that position as well, you can even, they're saying that you can uh, watch YouTube in that position as well, so as I said, the phone becomes its own stand, there are photos of it in my hand in that position, and also resting on a, on a, a surface as well, and um, When it's open, 6.7-inch screen, but when it's closed, it is quite small. It's just 8.74 centimetres long, 7.36 centimetres wide, and just 1.54 centimetres thick. So that's pretty compact. That's actually smaller than your wallet. If you've got a wallet, if you're a man, you've got a wallet. Imagine it being, I think, probably about a third smaller than your wallet, probably more. Uh, there is a small display, I think a 1.1-inch display on the front that will give you things like the time, your notifications. You can even frame a selfie with that little uh, screen on the front. I did it. I just sort of double-tapped the camera button and was able to frame my face in a selfie, or, or actually there was enough room to frame a couple of people in a selfie. So you've got a dual camera system that's, uh, that rests on the back, and uh, the, that small screen then gives you, no, you tells you when a notification's coming in, all of those things. Now, when it's folded, uh, this was kind of a bit of a bugbear of Galaxy Fold users. On the Galaxy Fold, when you fold the device, it actually doesn't fold flat. It sort of folds into a wedge shape. So on the Galaxy Fold, it's actually more prominent. So the hinge doesn't close completely on itself. It sort of gives it some breathing room. Similar thing with the Galaxy Z Flip, it doesn't quite close flat. There's a picture of me holding it in my hand, and you can see what I'm talking about. The gap at the hinge, there's a few millimeters separating the screen from each other. Now, with the Motorola Razr, they've actually made quite a tight hinge, and so it's like a centimeter radius, and it's quite tight. So opening and closing it maybe put pressure on the screen, now I'm hearing early reports that the the razor is st- the customers are complaining about it already, and it's there's there's some creaking sounds whenever they open it, things like that. So I think what Samsung's done, they've played it safe here. They did sort of go to school on their own product because the Galaxy Fold had its issues that they had to address. And they've done that. So uh, this is interesting how they've kept that little bit of a gap in the hinge as well. Now, the other thing, too, to to take note of is the screen on the Galaxy Z Flip is actually not plastic. It's actually made of an ultra-thin layer of glass, would you believe? So it's glass that folds. So there's a slight difference in texture. There's a slight difference in the feel, you can see the crease slightly when it's when it's opened. When there's content on the screen you don't see anything very, very much like the fold in that regard. But um, it is still pretty impressive. But really, really amazing technology they can, they can fold a piece, an ultra thin piece of glass instead of plastic, which is what all the other foldable screens, including the Galaxy Fold and the Razer, that's P-OLED, which is plastic OLED. But really impressive, though. In your hand, like it's, it's one thing to see the pictures, but get this thing in your hand. I think this is going to be a really popular product. Samsung never gave us a release date. We're expecting maybe in two to three months we're going to see this. Maybe they're going to let the S20B have its own launch window. Then we're going to probably see uh, some announcements around the launch date. We're also going to hear about pricing. What Samsung has confirmed, though, is that this will not be more expensive than the the Motorola RAZR. Motorola RAZR is going to be about $2,699. In fact, that's its exact price, not about. It's its exact price when it goes on sale next week. Samsung is saying it will not be that expensive, so it's going to be cheaper. My estimate is it'll probably be around the $2,100, $2,200 mark, which that's $400, $500 cheaper than the Motorola Razr. Interesting to see how these two go head-to-head. Colors available will be Mirror Black, Mirror Purple. They're going to be the launch colors. And then later this year, you're also going to have Mirror Gold, which uh, will look really interesting. If you want to read more about the Galaxy Z Flip and see it in action, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. A new device that we had a look at—that uh, well, we did have a look at it—we we heard about it and wrote about it on Tech Guide. And this would have come in super handy during the bushfires. It's this product called Zolio. Now, this is an Australian-designed and developed global messaging solution. Now, it looks like a Wi-Fi hotspot, uh, so it's designed to give you connectivity whether you have cellular coverage or not. Now, imagine. In the recent bushfires, that was a, an unfortunate example where in the, in the devastation, not only were homes being lost, trees, animals, and unfortunately people lost their lives and their homes, but the infrastructure was also destroyed. So the cellular towers, all gone, the power cables, all gone. But a device like this could have potentially been a lifesaver and, and a way for to keep the lines of communication open. So what this is, it's actually a satellite solution. So how it works is it connects to your mobile device. So you install the Zolio mobile app and then the Zolio device connects to your device, to your smartphone via Bluetooth. Now the Zolio can connect to either a cellular network if it's there, or to a satellite network in the event the cellular network is not available. So it can connect to the Iridium Satellite Network, which takes advantage of this global coverage through 66 low-Earth orbit satellites. So if there's no cellular connection, it can ping your messages and emails through a satellite system. So as I said, potentially a life-saving device that would have been able to keep those lines of communication open. That's the first thing they try to repair in these devastation, the, emergency situations is to get the lines of communication open. So repair the cellular towers. That's why Telstra and Optus were so active in those areas, trying to repair the infrastructure. Now, in this instance, the Zolio would have given people in those areas, still would have given them the ability to communicate uh, to, via the satellite network. So... The device itself is pretty lightweight, 200 hours of battery life, which is pretty good. Will operate in temperatures between minus 20 and 55 degrees Celsius. Has a shock resistance. It's got an IP68 rating, so it's water and dust resistant. Uh, You can wear it tethered to a backpack on your belt, mounted in a vehicle. Uh, On board are features like a check-in, weather forecast, and 24-7 worldwide SOS alerts as well. Uh, So really good system where you can buy the device outright, $345, and then you can pay for a monthly plan between $32 to $80 a month. And with that, you get an Iridium email address and an Iridium messaging service. So it allows you to keep communication lines open no matter where you are in the world and no matter whether you have cellular communication or not. Really interesting device, the Zolio. Uh, Australian designed and developed too, by the way. So uh, good on us Aussies for developing something like that. But if you want to read more about that, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech God podcast is proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Now, we live in a world where we're constantly connected and cyber attacks are more prevalent than ever. Everything from phishing scams and ransomware to online predators and big data tracking our every move. Cyber threats have evolved, which is why Norton has as well. The new Norton 360 gives you next level protection, combining the power of device security and a secure VPN, to help keep you and your family safe and private online. The new Norton 360 is all-in-one protection for your devices and online privacy. It's available now and at leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Yes, welcome to The Tech God Helped Us, brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. Belkin is the place to go if you're after cases, cables, charging solutions. They've got them all for you. Uh, We received a couple of messages this week, uh, emails. Uh, One was from a former iPhone user who has switched to Android and they're saying that he has a lot of trouble receiving emails from certain people. Now, uh, he's talking about iMessage, and this is a really easy problem to diagnose because if you are switching from iPhone, and I do this regularly, I test out all kinds of phones, I switch from Android to iPhone and vice versa often – so, but before I take my SIM card out of my iPhone, I go in and I turn off iMessage and I turn off FaceTime. What that does, it tells my Apple ID, so my my identity on the cellular network, it tells Apple that, listen, all my messages are going to be routed through the cellular network from now on, not through, uh, my, through using data, the data connection. Because iMessage is a iPhone to iPhone connection. It's it's secure, uh, encrypted end to end, but it doesn't use the cellular network to go out. It uses a data connection to get that message going. So if you don't turn off iMessage and put your SIM card into an Android device, you will. Every message from an iPhone user will try to be directed through iMessage, and it and nine times out of ten it won't reach you. So you, that's why people say, look, I sent you a message, but you didn't receive it. That's why. Now, this person isn't, doesn't have his iPhone anymore, but it is possible to, to log into his Apple account uh, or you, through a browser and to turn off iMessage. Uh, from the browser so even though he doesn't have his phone he can still turn off iMessage which then will direct any message from any device especially from iPhone users it'll now direct all iPhone messages from iPhone users through the cellular network so he will receive them on his uh, his Android device. Every time I switch my SIM card uh, I always send my wife a message to say did you receive this because she's an iPhone user and uh, and she says yes I have and you know, it, it, I think she gets sick of me texting every time I set, change devices which is like once or twice a month but God love her she puts up with it and tells me that the messages got through and that way yeah, that shows to me that uh, my messages will still get through no matter what uh, the other thing, question I was asked and this was mentioned in the, the Norton uh, our Norton ad there uh, is VPN uh, one, one, one reader was asking whether uh, what is a VPN what does it do why should I get it I think he was seeing a lot of Norton VPN ads Uh, and look basically a a VPN is short for virtual private network and what it provides is your private tunnel into the internet so a good example is if you're on free Wi Fi say you're at the airport and you're using free Wi Fi if you have your VPN turned on this is your private protected connection to the internet so no one else can snoop on what you're doing if you're just on a free Wi Fi network It's possible if a hacker is on that same network, they can see exactly what you're looking at, whether what you're browsing, uh, if you're logging into your bank account, sharing sensitive information, a hacker can kind of spy on what you're doing. With a VPN, that prevents that. So that that's one that's one use of a VPN. A lot of corporate uh, a lot of corporate users, when they're travelling, they 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 have to have a VPN to ensure security whenever they're sending and receiving data through their own servers and things like that. But the other use for a VPN is disguising where you're located. So a good example would be there's years ago before Netflix even launched in Australia, people were using VPNs while in Australia to watch the US Netflix because Netflix in the US won't work unless you're in the US. But a VPN can actually fool the system to say, yeah, I'm in the US, even though they're not. The VPN can say, yeah, he's in the US and stream the content. Um, so that's another use of it as well. I think uh, our streaming services, so if you were to watch Nine Now and play, things like that, If I'm in the US, I can say that I'm in Australia and still have access to those catch-up services. Uh, So that's another use for VPN there as well. So yeah, iMessage and VPN, uh, uh, they're very popular questions for both of those, but I hope that I've answered them for you. (laughs) And we've reached the end of our show for this week. We hope you enjoyed it. Everything we've talked about, of course, you'll find at our website, techguide.com.au. Please head over. We do, we do love your support. We love you reading our stories and offering us feedback. But also, if you want to get in touch with us, please do. Info at techguide.com.au is the email address. We want to give a special shout-out too to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Please support the companies that support us. Uh, Netgear, And Norton. Uh, Thank you again for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.